online radio show. You were just listening to Elise Metallo. This is Blessed Assurance. It's a remix of that. It's called Blessed Assurance, My Story. It's after the hymn, but it's just done in such a fresh way. And I just love her. She's a dear friend, and I am excited to be able to open this show with her song every single Wednesday. Let's go ahead and start the right way. We're going to bow our heads. We're going to humble our hearts, and let's turn them towards the Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. King of kings, thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege of serving you, King Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we are here in your name. Thank you that you created us, but didn't just leave it there. You created us and cared for us so much that to this day you continue to pursue us. Father, we just pray that we will have no false gods, that we will have no idols that continue to rival against you, Lord. We pray that we will be a people centered on you, King Jesus. We pray that we will be a people infectious for the sake of your glory in the environment you place us in. Thank you for the privilege of serving you. Thank you, Lord, that you have made our paths clear and you just asked us to stay and remain in you. We love you. We praise you. I'm so glad, Lord, for this beautiful sister in Christ who is willing to share her testimony, her journey with you. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome again. I'm so glad you're on, you're tuning in. And for those of you who are tuning in tomorrow and, you know, at regular hours when people, you know, who get sleep are awake, um, I'm not mad at you. I'm really excited that you keep tuning in. So you're in for a treat today. I have on the line Zenny Fung. Zenny, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am just great. I'm even better now that I hear your your voice, and I'm I'm just excited about what's about to happen here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Zay, I got to ask you, uh, can you please pronounce your name so I can say this correctly? Yeah, it's a Zenny Z E Y. Okay. And last name? It's P H U O N G. Phone. Foon. Okay. You know, what's so yeah. funny. I actually had a, a call earlier this week for another matter and, uh, and the person had the same spelling and last name. And at first I was saying Fong, but it's not really? Fong. <laughs> oh. Wow. So I appreciate I, the correction. I definitely do. That's so funny. Well, welcome to the show and I'm excited to, to spend some time with you I'm just excited about how we met also, and I, I just want to share that with mm-hmm. our listeners. 
<laughs> especially yeah, the that person was who introduced us. A God thing. That was crazy. Yeah. Well, actually, why don't you share that with us? So I actually, uh, I was just standing. We went. Uh, we, I think we both. We never met before uh, until you know we went to this event that gathered one million Christians to the National Mall, um, and it's called what was it called again? Together 2016. Together 2016 or reset. And so I went there with a couple of friends of mine, and I go to Liberty University. And so when I got there, I was just standing in this shade, and and then I met this woman who was sitting next to me, and uh, she was just sitting down. She was kind of chilled, and then afterwards she just stood up, and she started praising. And then, you know, at one point she just kind of put her hands on on my shoulder and she was like this song got me through a lot my my son was um she talked about her son and how he passed away and and then I felt touched because I'm from Vietnam and I've been here for only two years and so I miss my family very very much and uh Mm -hmm. I just that just kind of touched my heart right away and so I hugged her and I cried and she just she she hugged me back and she gave me a kiss and and we talked for a while and then she brought me over to meet her daughter and Emma here and we started talking and now we're here <laughs> and that was so amazing I just love her daughter Misty and and Sherry I, I just love 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 um, those two women and let me tell you something about Misty. <laughs> She is um, not only a dear sister of mine, but also on for this ministry for this is not something I share often, but this ministry has a board of prayer warriors. A lot of times you have companies that have board of directors. Well, um, when when God placed this on my heart and it launched in 2014, it was really important that prayer was central to what we're doing. And so Misty is part actually of the board of prayer warriors. And um, she and I knew each other, you know, way, way before. But when she introduced us, it was so funny because I was thinking, oh, this is so cool. You know, and the sister in Christ, not even thinking anything about, you know, about what God was about to do. And as the more we talked, the more it was evident that this was a Godsidence. You know, it was one of those those, um, divine meetings. So I want to do one quick thing, um, especially since we're talking about Misty, because today is her birthday. And so what I would love to do is to sing happy birthday to Misty um, just because I love her so and I'm grateful because you and I are talking today really because of her introduction mm-hmm. and her mom's introduction. So to all of you who, who can sing, sing along with me. And if you can't sing, don't worry, sing along with me anyways. We're going to wish happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Missy. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> and many more, too. <laughs> so I am excited. Well, so let me go ahead and do this. We're going to we're going to delve in and we're going to get real today, right? Like we do every show. The first thing we're going to do for those of you tuning in for the first time, I want to um, give you a little bit of introduction. So what is kingdom work for Christ? What's the deal? Kingdom work for Christ, very simply put, is the full-time job of inviting Jesus into your day-to-day. It's how environments get transformed. It's how the gospel gets Bread. It is about the Great Commission of Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus, after he died for us, for the sins, by the way, that we should have died for because we defiled God's will. And, and after resurrecting, conquering death so that we can have eternal life, the eternal life, by the way, that he wanted for us from the get-go with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, right? So in, in order for us to have all these things, Jesus went through the excruciating pain of giving up his authority, giving up his kingship, so that you and I could have the privilege of having a chance at eternity forever, but before he went back to the Father, he said this to all of his followers, and, and I want to bring context to light here, because Jesus said this to a group of people who were following him, but to a group of people who were also, half of them doubt, doubted him, and half of them 
believed him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is not, you know, it wasn't one of those like, oh, everyone is on board. I'm just giving you a set of instructions. No, no, this is for all who followed him. And he said five very important things. And a lot of times we tend to take three of them and apply them, but not really take into consideration instruction one and instruction five, the alpha and the omega of the Great Commission. He said, one, know that all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. And that's Jesus speaking. And then two, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of nations. Three, baptize them. And then may the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Four, teach them to obey my commandments. And then five, know that I'm with you always till the end of the age. And when it comes to kingdom work for Christ, some people have asked me, why do, why do you call it work? It sounds like you got to do works to get into heaven. No, no, no. The reason why it's called work for Christ is because Jesus even himself said, my work is to do the will of the Father. And so what we're doing as kingdom workers for Christ is we are redefining our day-to-day job, redefining what, what nourishes us, what keeps us alive, not as my nine-to-five or my you know, college degree or my whatever it is that occupies your time. We are redefining mm-hmm. this so that God and serving God is first and everything else comes as a byproduct of that. And so on this show, we have dealt with different environments. We've dealt with gossip. We've dealt with chronic illness. We've dealt with disagreement. What does it mean to do kingdom work for Christ in the midst of disagreement? What does it mean to do kingdom work for Christ when we're dealing with issues of sexuality? What is it? And these are all shows, by the way, that have already happened. So you can go back and take a listen if you visit www.kingdomworkforchrist.com. And so one of the things that we are really exploring in this particular series is we're talking about idolatry and false gods. Let me be clear. Last show, we talked about the Ten Commandments and especially how it is a series of beautiful instructions that are dependent on one another. If you love God with your all, you probably don't need to worry about coveting or committing adultery or stealing, right? I mean, it's like, if you love God, it kind of covers it all, right? And so, how do we engage in this this incredible commandment in such a way that we don't have false gods and false idols just coming in the way? And then how do we discern the difference between spirits that are trying to get us away from God? And so idolatry, false gods, that's something every single one of us really deals with. Some of you may be tuning in and you're like, oh, well, I don't deal with Wicca. I, I, that's not me. No, no. But that food addiction that you have, that's an idol, right? That money spending, that shopping spree that you simply cannot do without, that desire to want to gossip, all these things are false idols. They're false gods. They're things that govern our lives that really replace God's place in our heart. And so today we're dealing with real talk. What does it mean to hear about a journey of how Christ transformed from the inside out. And after that transformation, what happened? You know, what? what's the point of all this? So there's transformation, then what? And so next time we meet, we'll also have the privilege of having Zenny back on with a special guest, and we'll keep it a surprise until next week, um, but we will have these two wonderful women to address again what happened after Christ transformed their hearts, because that's where the juice comes in. So I'm gonna stop talking. And those of you who know me, you know I can keep talking. So I'm going to stop talking, and I want to turn to Zenny because I want to hear, Zenny, how did you come to a relationship with Jesus? So um, I I first heard about God first. I didn't hear about Jesus until, you know, really know him, what he did, if he was real or not, until I come here to the United States. But I first heard about God in second grade through movies and TV shows. So as I was learning English, because I lived in Vietnam for 17 years of my life. And so uh, I heard about God, and then I started believing that God, there's a God that created everything. And so I don't even know what gave me the foundation to believe that. I just sort of do, because I looked at everything around me, and I, I thought, why wouldn't somebody have created this? And mm-hmm. so that's that's my belief in God, but you know, through thick and thin of life, I, I there were points that I hated God. There were points that I loved God. Um, but 
at some point, maybe like in seventh grade or tenth grade uh, or seven years old or ten years old, I asked my mom this, and I remember the exact point because mm. it, it was at a little food place, and um, I asked her if I could become a Christian, and you know that's that's what I meant. I didn't know you know the difference between Catholic Christian. I just wanted to be a follower of Christ, mm-hmm. and then I asked her, and she told me she thought that I. You know, because we all we had Catholics all around us in Vietnam. You know, that's sort of the main um, Christ follower. We didn't really see a lot of Christian there. So I asked hmm. her, and she said, "If I marry a Christian, I could become a Christian too." And so I dropped the idea, and I never mentioned it to her. <laughs> and, oh wow! Yeah, living in an agnostic family. So I, let me tell you this: nine. I, I'm pretty sure that this is accurate because this was posted on. Um, the wall of one of my dorms, um, that only 9% of people of Vietnamese in general are Christian. Wow, that's, that's a low number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in Vietnam, my whole family is agnostic. And uh, so we never talked about God in our family. There was never, ever a God conversation. And if there ever was maybe like a five-minute conversation about God, that would be a joke. To all of us, mm. and so when I come and, and to liberty, Zenny, let me let me interrupt you really quickly for those of us who don't know. So, what does what does agnostic mean? Agnostic means you just don't care about religion. You don't. You think it's a concept. You think it's something that people made up so that they have something to. I don't know. Guess I guess just kind of keep their hopes up. I guess. Mm. So do you believe there is a God in agnosticism or it's more like there may or may not be, you know, but whatever. Agnostic is kind of just, there is an area that we just don't want to touch that we just don't want to even like go near or touch on. Hmm. So how's this different from atheism? Atheism. I mean, that, I guess that kind of includes strongly against God. Agnostic. Agno- um, agnostics don't really care. That's a difference. I, yep, that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, um, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to clear that up before. Uh, yeah. You know, we of course. Of course. Okay. So um, to continue, after after I, you know, come to Liberty, I I right now I'm attending Liberty University, and so mm-hmm. when I came to Liberty, my mom told me like. I got a scholarship to Liberty, and my mom constantly told me, don't get converted, don't get converted, because we didn't really know even what a Christian university was like. And so when I got here, I attended this um, sort of like a, it was like a church session, but it was like an orientation, yeah. Everybody Mm -hmm. was worshiping God. Everybody was on their knees, and this pastor was preaching, and from you know, my knowledge of God before and kind of like my hidden belief in God, my eyes were filled with tears and I desired, I so desired and I prayed quietly in my heart that somehow I would, I would be able to at some point be able to open my mouth and sing God praise like everybody around me. Hmm. Yeah. I have to ask you, why Liberty? Why would you choose a Christian university? You know, as an if you were agnostic. Well, I came first because this is so interesting how this is a God thing because my school, a lot of universities come to my school and kind of introduce themselves, you know, from overseas. And Liberty was the only university I had planned before because I wanted to go to the United States and study here for my major. Mm-hmm. And Liberty was the only university that I applied to. And I got a scholarship. I wasn't originally going to go, but then, you know, I had a call back, and it just sort of worked out, and I came to Liberty. That's amazing. But what made you want to even apply to a a Christian college? First off, I didn't really – none of my family really knew what a Christian college meant. I didn't know that it was going to be – kind of like church every three three days a week. I didn't know that everybody was gonna talk about God. I didn't know you know, I thought <laughs> I, I thought it was gonna be I thought it was gonna be a normal university, but sort of like with a few extra 
class is about religion. That's what I thought. <laughs> My mom got really frustrated when she found out, <laughs> but she's still not supportive, but that's okay. I'm, I'm still full on um, going at it here. I love it. So, I love it. And pray for her. Yeah. She's she's coming around. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's she's willing to listen now, which is a really good thing, and I'm, I'm definitely really happy about that. Oh, praise God. Yeah. We'll put her on on our prayer list actually. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. And then when I got to Liberty, I I hung out with this group of friends and I was trying to adapt to the 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 life here. And then I got a little frustrated um with with just adapting and that's how I fell to Wicca or mostly with the with the craft that was behind it, the witchcraft. And then hmm. I saw all of these you know, things that happen in witchcraft that made me think, oh, this religion has got to be real. It's got to be true. And so I try to prove my Christian friends wrong, which was impossible <laughs> because they were not. I found, I soon found out. Um, and so in the oh, back, Sorry, I, I actually lost you a little bit. You said you tried to prove your Christian friends and then what happened? I try to prove my Christian friends wrong because, um, they, they they were ministering to me. And then, you know, I realized that they're not wrong. And I found that out, you know, soon after. But How soon after are we talking about? It's actually just a few days after. It's not that long after. But I just kind of knew <laughs> in my heart. Yeah. And in the bathroom, you know, in Wicca or witchcraft, um, Halloween is the most important day, and that is the witch's new year, you can call it. And on that very night in the bathroom stall, even before really grasping what the gospel is or how I should, what I should do to get saved, I gave my life to Christ in that bathroom stall on Halloween, which is supposed to be the witch's mm. new year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Jesus stole one from the devil that day, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, it didn't really steal. He reclaimed what was in the first place. <laughs> That's true. I love it. So what, what, let's, let's, let's reverse a little bit. How did, were you introduced to Wicca while you were going to Liberty? I actually kind of, here's how Satan worked in my head. It just kind of, an idea it's usually an idea that just pop up in your mind and you sort of started like following that idea and then it just you just kind of end up somewhere bad and so as I as I mentioned before I was kind of frustrated at this group of friends um who who were you know who were kind of not being very nice and then um Mm. I remember that point when I was just walking up the staircase and all of a sudden, you know, if I was in Vietnam and I mentioned anything, you know, closely even related to witchcraft or witches, I'd be considered crazy. But Mm. all of a sudden when I'm in this religious environment, witchcraft didn't sound so, so crazy to me anymore. And so I started Mm. looking up uh, these materials and I started looking up um, I, I started getting the, this thing called the pendulum I started reading cards and, and all that and then I just I just realized that, that that's not it's not right after after I got converted hmm. but did you have people around you who were practicing Wicca and who were sort of guiding you to through this as you were learning more or were you sort of doing this by yourself? I I was completely doing this by myself because it's always that place when you're by yourself and you're in the dark that then happens. Mm. And mm. it's it's that's most I I feel like that's how sin takes place most easily. And um I, I was I learned everything by myself and I started getting these things and I started practicing in secret until I, I thought that it was so true that I couldn't help myself but bring it to try to prove my Christian fellows wrong. Hmm. Wow. 
So how long was it that you were practicing Wicca? I I can't remember now exactly. It's been like close to a month or over a month. I'm not too sure. Wow. So let me ask you this, because I read that Wicca is one of the fastest growing religion among high school students. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the what do you think is the appeal there? So the reason why I started with Wicca personally is not because it's you know worshiping any deity. It's I didn't I didn't think about that that much. It's why I wanted to practice witchcraft was because I wanted to help people. And I was thinking, why does this God just let this kind of thing happen to these people? If I become a witch, I can help people myself. It's called a white witch in in Wicca, which I found out is not true. But Mm. um, (laughs) it's just sort of this self-centric mindset. And with high school students, I think it's, in my own opinion, it's I think it's the age with this rebellious spirit that wants to take control of their own life, that wants to uh, be above everything, and um, that's it's understandable how they would look to witchcraft or hmm. Wicca. It's interesting that you bring the the idea of wanting to be helpful, and so therefore, you know engaging in something so really spiritually dangerous. Um, yeah. And yet, did it seem as you were engaging in it in the beginning, did it seem sort of innocuous? Did it seem like, well, this is not a big deal. I mean, I, I, I mm-hmm. get this power and I get to help people. Exactly. But you, what you don't realize is, um, so for example, when I'm trying to craft this, Spell. Now it sounds sarcastic when I say those kind of things, but it just seemed <laughs> yeah. so real to me at the time. So I was trying to craft, craft these spells, and um, it requires you to cut yourself. And when you you think, oh, it's for it's for healing this person. So if I sacrifice my own blood, that's like that's like fine, right? But that's the same mindset that terrorists who blow themselves up would think, oh, I'm fighting for my, for my, um, for my people. This must be right, right? No. Mm. Right. That's not true. That's not okay. Mm. And that's a good point you brought up (laughs) in terms of the mindset, you know, and and that Mm -hmm. equivalent Mm -hmm. to that. And and one thing I want to bring up to what you just said, you know, the the thing is you were casting a spell but and but there is reality to that right i mean it is yeah. spiritual warfare and and you are activating um some 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 dangerous spiritual um you know uh, undertakings as you're engaging mm-hmm. in stuff like that and that's the exactly. reason why it's you know otherwise if it was a non issue then whatever you know it's a, well, we wouldn't be even yeah. having this show but it is a false god it is a false spirit and it is a, a satanic spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So talk to me about that few days later. You're in a bathroom. You are mm-hmm. accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I'm just, I'm, I'm so amazed because, you know, time and time again on this show, we talk about different experiences that people have. And some, some people, it's more gradual as to how they come to fall in love with Jesus. And others, it's, it's more drastic. What brought you to that bathroom? down on your knees on Halloween day. I'm I'm not too sure right now now that I now that I kind of think back about it, but I I was just sort of in a very desperate place and I was crying out to God and and keep in mind I have not I kept asking my uh my my roommate about what the gospel is exactly because I never really knew about it when I was in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And so my my friend kept telling me about it over and over, but I never really like truly understood what it was. And then I gave, I, I asked God in that bathroom stall that day, God, I don't know, you know, what's happening, but I, I give my life to you right now. Do whatever you want with it. 
Um, just have it, do whatever you want with it. And, 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 and then the day after, my friend Michaela, um, she, she, uh, we were just sitting over dinner and, and we were talking, um, having just a casual conversation. And then I asked her again what the gospel was. And then she explained it to me again. And at that point, for whatever reason, it clicked. And then mm. I realized, and then I told her, Michaela, um, that means I got saved yesterday. <laughs> and then yeah. everybody was like, what? Oh, praise God. Mm-hmm. Praise mm-hmm. God. Did she mention yeah. that she'd been praying for you? Yes. And as soon after I found out that not just her, but her professor in class and then her parents, mm. her, her grandparents, oh, so many people have been praying for me. And she kept telling me again and again that I should <laughs> write a book about it. It was just yeah. crazy. Oh, I love that. And you know what? I want to take a quick pause here because you, you've just given us two two golden nuggets that we can really hang on to. One, there's power in prayer. And there's power in the body of Christ uniting to pray, right? And the thing mm-hmm. that I love about what you just shared with us is that, one, you were honest with your surroundings, your Christian friends. You were honest with them to say, look, this is what, you know, this is what Wicca is. I, I want to prove you guys wrong. And just that little bit that you shared was enough for the people to have a choice. And this is where kingdom work for Christ can really happen. When we're faced with either our own idolatry or false or worship of false God or other people's um, idolatry or worship of false gods, one, we can, if it's our own, we can confess to other believers in Jesus Christ so that the army of God can really unify in prayer. And then the two, you know, and and really war with us in prayer. And then two, if it's for someone else, we can invite. And of course we have to do that, not in a gossipy way, but in a very intentional um, way. And, and, you know, ideally with permission um, from the person, but if, if the person is not a believer, then it's harder to do that, but get people who you know are on their knees, who you know are confidential, who you know are serious about the spreading of the gospel, and say, hey, guys, pray for me for a person. And sometimes you don't even have to say the name of the person, but you can say, for someone who's struggling with this. And that's it. Just leave it at that. But there's mm-hmm. power in prayer. So one confession to prayer. And um, and, and so... Sorry to interrupt, but I wanted I wanted to bring that nugget mm-hmm. because you have just given us some great wisdom that we can use when we're facing, you know, false god and adultery. Yeah, and God provides. Trust me, He He provides every single time. Amen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It came for me. I just I didn't know God for 17 years, and I thought that when we die, we're all gonna vaporize into thin air and that was such a scary concept and and now it's after after I got saved I mean you know my my roommate started telling me about the book of revelation and I thought oh my goodness that sounds like a movie do I seriously (laughs) live in a movie that's so cool that's so cool yeah my life turned from, oh, it's going to nothing. You're going to die. Okay, fine. Bye-bye. Mm, so right. It's going to be a movie, and it's going to be awesome. Yes. So, yes. Especially yeah. when you look at, you know, Revelations 22 and 21 and 22, that mm-hmm. meaning of the bridegroom and, and the bride. Oh, my goodness. You know, and the healing exactly. tree. <laughs> In 22 is beautiful. God is amazing. <laughs> He's yeah. so good. So you have this, this amazing experience and, you know, here you, you have Michaela who's, who's telling you, Hey, I've been praying for you. What is your first reaction? Like, what do you do next? She, when she said she was praying for me, I kind of backed away. I mean, I was like, Oh, thanks. Um, in my mind, I was thinking, no, I don't really need it. I'm good. Thank you. Because I was practicing <laughs> Wicca at the time. But um, I, you know, I, I, when I found out, because I, I saw 
I had a deck of cards, and of these 75 cards, I picked out 10, and each 10 of them represent a different meaning. And then I started reading them, and I found out, oh, wow, these 10 cards, they really match up with these 10 things. And Satan have a really smart way of tricking you into thinking that. And so mm. I, I bought that, and, and it, it started, it, it applied at the beginning, but then it stopped. And I, I don't really, I don't really grasp that, but he sort of just trick you into it, and so you just, you just kind of fall deeper and deeper and deeper. But I try to convince Michaela that this, this is, this is so true. This, this, all of this is applying to my life or to somebody else that I'm trying to reach life, and uh, she just kind of sat there and she just like paused and you know <laughs> she completely froze because she's never dealt with that situation before she's been I living bet. in her little Christian bubble <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's that's honestly what it is and, and she had never dealt with the person who's on a completely you know other side of the spectrum and so but but she ministered to me, and um, one of my roommate, my other roommate, who used to be at the at the sea lab all the time until like two o'clock in the morning, just decided that she wanted to come back at twelve o'clock that night, which was exactly when we were having that conversation. And then they both ministered to me, and I got converted mm. a couple days after. Wow. So you had this. So this is before you had the dinner with Michaela, where you told her that you came to Christ on mm-hmm. Halloween. So this is a few days before. Yes. Wow. So then, when you had that conversation with them and they're ministering to you, what were some effective ways they ministered to you as someone who didn't believe at the time? So the one question that really hit me and made me really like question, I I didn't really, you know, I, I, with Wicca, when I got converted, I didn't really doubt Wicca. I just sort of didn't really think that it was wrong. I just thought about how Christianity was right. And um, what I questioned myself that day when they were talking to me is agnosticism. And uh, my dad used to tell me that the world just sort of exists itself, and science is going to explain it. And if, if, if science can't explain it, then people just kind of fill it with religion. But mm. I, I thought to myself, you know, if there are two things, uh, two, two, you know, we, we kind of explain it as things bumping into each other, creating this whole universe. And I thought if there were two little particles at the very beginning and they never moved, they just kind of sort of stay there in, in this universe. They just sort of stayed there. They never mm-hmm. moved. They never, there was never ever a force in the beginning. Mm-hmm. How did they make that contact in the first place? What exactly. was that original force? What was that force? Who caused it? Now that was, now that was a way that I thought about it. And, you know, the agnostic um, point of view, but God mm-hmm. has explained it. He has explained that he didn't just create it from the little particles. It was mm-hmm. from his own breath, from, yes. from the dirt that he created Adam and Eve and the whole world now that we, we know. Mm. That's awesome. So that was something that they brought up in the conversation that you had with them? I brought it up. I I kind of brought about that argument, and uh, my other roommate uh, Hannah was the one who 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 brought me that point that if two things, if it just you know two things were just sitting next to each other, if they're not moving, then no, nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's such a fresh point too because we we have um, you know there there is such a the a, a seemingly distant dichotomy between science and God uh, when you listen to a lot of the scientific rhetoric. But if you start digging deeper, and this is why I love people like Hugh Ross, for example, um, who's an astrophysicist and also an apologetist, because Mm -hmm. once you start digging into the sciences, you start seeing that God's 
um, the explanation of who God is according to his word and according to science and historical fact is actually a lot more believable than, oh, by the way, some random force and series of events made this happen. You know, it's like atheism is based on faith also. Um, It's just that the faith is misdirected and masked under the guise of science. But at the end of the day, it's God. You know, God is a better explanation than poof, it just appeared. Yeah. Exactly. That's so true. And when I was thinking about Wicca, um, when I was like, you know, when we, when you were looking at these spells, the end of the line always says, and you have to believe that it's going to come true. Uh, mm. Well, uh, what exactly am I believing in here? And now that I think about it, I question that. What what am I believing in? I don't I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. So when did you because you said you 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 converted to Christianity on that Halloween day and then but you still continued to practice Wicca? No, I did not. I threw away all everything. My my uh Wiccan book, my pendulum, my cards, I threw away all of them. Gotcha. Right gotcha. Now. Okay. And what was the journey then towards, um, you know, getting to know more about Christ? Because at that point, you don't really have an under, a full understanding of who Christ is. You hadn't been reading the Bible, or had you? I have not, not, not at all, to be honest. I have not read the Bible, I think, any point before that. Mm, wow. I mean, So like, how did I, that I come about? What's that? Sorry. Um, yeah, no, uh, I never, I kind of just looked through it, but I didn't really read the Bible. I didn't really read it. I looked through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, after that, I felt like I, you know, Michaela, tell me that now you're going to have to actually read the Bible now. You you realize that, right? And um, <laughs> I really, I, because the Bible and the way it was written was very confusing to me. I never saw that kind of sentence structure. It was just, mm-hmm. um, it, it was just such a read, a weird kind of text to me. And so I, I, and when I started reading, it was so difficult at first. And then the spirit just kind of soothed me into it. Hmm. And gave what me that What do you mean? Talk to us a little bit about that. What do you mean by the spirit smoothed me into it? I mean, I I can't really remember the process exactly because it's it's been quite a while, and he's he has grown me so much. But mm. um, the it was it was just so hard for me to be completely serious about it. At first, I kind of read a couple of verses here and there. I still haven't um, read through the entire Bible yet, but I'm making it my mission. I'm almost finished with oh, the Praise Testament, God. and um, yeah, and it's also hard for me as a Vietnamese struggling with English and language in general. Right. So, yeah, and I just mm. sort of, um, he just kind of gives me that understanding um, as I as I read through it. It wasn't easy for me at first, but then he, he just kind of put that understanding inside of me. Yes. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit work. That's when it gets juicy. Yeah. You know, when he, he ministers to you directly. Mm-hmm. So then were you able to share, have you been able to share more of the gospel since with people? Or are you, um, first of all, when did this happen? This happened, uh, fall of 2014 and so I think I've been a Christian for over over a year now wow wow (laughs) praise God I love that I absolutely love that and I love that he's done so much work in you so far um you know even though it's it's fairly recent um his transformation is complete you know it is it is and I cannot I cannot even put into word how incredible the journey has been. 
Wow. So how are you, you know, this is, this is just so fascinating. I have so many, so many questions that could lead into like a three hour conversation. So I'll try to stay away from those, <laughs> but um, <laughs> how do you then navigate, you know, being, having this, this, this past that is in a completely different country, you know, knowing with the knowledge that there are so many people who, don't have exposure to the gospel, you know, the true gospel of Jesus. And, mm-hmm. you know, how how has that has that affected you so far? Sometimes it can be uh are you talking about Wicca or are we talking about Christianity? Because I was the question was a little confusing. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean more so, you know, you, you mentioned that you have family back in Vietnam who's still agnostic, you know, when you have mm-hmm. um you know, obviously people that you love and care about who don't mm-hmm. have exposure to the gospel. And how do you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, talk to me about how that makes you sort of feel and how do you navigate that being here and now having this incredible good news that drives your life on a daily basis? Yeah. So when I first, when I first, when I got saved um, the first month or so, can say like even the first um six months um i was so excited it's just about this this transformation i was so excited mm-hmm. about it and i thought i was just gonna go to people and uh god's gonna mm-hmm. change their lives the way he changed mine you know if i'm gonna say <laughs> something you're gonna immediately question their right. whole worldview but that was not the case, and I tried to share the gospel with my parents, which was very ineffective that way. <laughs> and so now what I've learned is I am, you know, doing servant journalism. Uh, servant, I mean, <laughs> wow, that journalism major just flipping everywhere. But <laughs> I'm, I'm doing <laughs> servant evangelism. That's what I meant. Um, servant you know, well, you know what? I, I think that may have been a, a God slip right there because that, that is mm-hmm. very much so in line with, um, yeah, with how you could really serve him beautifully. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I'm now just having the mindset of serving them, loving on them, honor my yes. parents, um, loving my brothers and sisters, like the way that God has guided us. In, in the in the in in the scripture and 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 it's he didn't just say he said go out be bold and tell people about the gospel but he also said the second command the the second um, great commandment Greatest is that commandment, you yeah. you 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 love on people you love your brothers mm-hmm. and sisters yes. and so the servant evangelism has to be crucial. Yes. Absolutely. And and it, it kind of makes me think if we did more of that as a body of Christ on a daily basis, you know, we could really avoid a lot of conflicts that put us in the mm-hmm. light of hypocrisy, right? That a lot of the yeah. world sees. If we just serve people, we don't even have to talk about Jesus just mm-hmm. serving will automatically make them ask what's what's different you know what what's the deal what's different about you mm-hmm. um so what when do you see um when do you get an opportunity to do that most is there a particular environment in which you find you know you're able to serve people you know do serve servant evangelism well, servant evangelism is more than going out and like serving people on a like a mission trip for like a week. You have to build mm. a relationship with people, and it serving is even in the way that you talk to people. I I used to be, you know, I was a teenager, and then I had that trans tr- transition, um, and then so I was rude to my mom like most other mm. kids. Um, right. You are not rude to your mom. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I I don't relate to you at all. <laughs> but um, so I I realized that, and then I I try to change the way that I communicate with my mom. I try to be patient. I try to um, 
think and act mature. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, so that has really, really affected the way my mom sees Christianity, I believe. Oh, that's great. Speaking mm-hmm. of, you talked about scripture, you know, being something that um, the Holy Spirit's just really been ministering to you through scripture. Can you talk to me about your favorite passage in the word? Or yeah. something that you've been really reflecting on lately? Yeah, lately I've been really just meditating on Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I think there's a lot of negativity right now um, in America, in the world. And um, mm-hmm. what 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 caught me up, you know, the most about this passage, um, what got me caught up the most about this passage is that it's so easy to fall into sin when you're thinking about something that's negative. And I don't know if that's true for everybody. I think so. Um, but it's hmm. just so easy for me personally to fall into sin when I'm thinking about something negative, when I'm feeling that emptiness inside of me. Mm-hmm. I can that's, definitely relate that's that. where, Yeah, that's where this true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable comes in. That helps. And when you give thanks and you give praise, all of those things, all the desire to even to even go near um, drugs, alcohol, money, sexual immorality, anything like that, just go away. And it's so natural that you you can't even it just it will blow your mind how how easy those things go away for you. Hmm. Amen. And it, and and the other thing too is that, you know for some people it does go away immediately. And for some people, it's a yeah. journey. It's a journey of God saying, you know what, I need you to trust me and to lean in on me in order mm-hmm. to, to get rid of these things. And, and But in all things, right, he, he, he does work for the good of those who love him, assuming that they stay in him, you know, right, from Romans 8. Because um, a lot of times it's easy to say, yeah, God does everything for the good of those who love him. Uh, who love him is very important, you know, and all the things yeah. that come with it as well. <laughs> Um, Wow. So was there a particular reason why that passage spoke to you very specifically? Um, Well, I mean, I've been, I I dealt with a lot of uh, sins that I didn't really realize before I gave myself to Christ. Um, Mm. And uh, that sort of whole bucket full just Mm -hmm. came up. Um, having Wicca as the starting point. And I got right. rid of Wicca. And then after that, you know, with uh, sexual immorality, with lies, with um, gossip, anything like that, he's just sort of healing me from all of that. And, mm. um, yeah, so, so you know, just, just sexual immorality in particular for me was extremely hard um, to overcome, and that passage has helped me so much yes. because you know you know where your brain has been when <laughs> when you're when you're having that moment of sexual immorality and 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 of of sinning and this passage it it tells mm. you to think of whatever's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely. How can you even have room to think about bad stuff when you're thinking about all this right. Right. Absolutely. You know, there's a passage, um, the first Corinthians 13 talks about love and the different characteristics of love. And mm-hmm. um, I love it. My pastor talks about how it's, it's you know, there, there are all these characteristics of love. And then there's another um, passage close by that talks about the, the fruits of the spirit. It's like, if you run out of fruit, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. If you run out mm-hmm. of the fruit of patience, just eat more fruit, you know, that you can't go mm-hmm. wrong with, with more fruit. Um, that's patient. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love, you know, the idea of having that bountiful source 
in God to combat these things, to combat our idolatrous practices, our false gods that really Mm -hmm. sneak in and try to dominate our hearts where God should be. Yeah. Well, Zenny, this has been such an incredibly rich hour. I want to ask you about parting comments because believe it or not, we are getting to the end of our time. It's just flown by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, I didn't even realize at all. <laughs> it's so good to be in Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. It's a, the conversation, when we're having a conversation about God, it just feels like time never ends for me personally. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I really agree. And it's so funny because, you know, I look at my past and, and just what God took me out of. And I'm like, I can't believe if you had told me that I would one day be talking about Jesus on a Wednesday night, right, at 930 at night, I would have laughed at you. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, are you kidding me? But yeah. no, God is so real, you know, and he's so mm-hmm. he's just amazing to talk about. Really cool. Yeah. Are there any comments that you have for us as we get ready to end our show, you know, uh, and lasting, um, lasting words that you want to impart? Yeah. I want to like, uh, you know, talk to uh, specific individuals who are, um, who are, who haven't really surrendered their life to Christ yet. And I want to mm. tell you that, Whatever, whatever sin that you're, that you're involved in right now, it is not worth it. If you're, if you're cutting yourself, it still hurts. That pain does not go away. You're still sad. There's still that emptiness. And now you're hurt outside too. So right. that does not make it any better. Drinking, smoking, sexual immorality, anything like that, are you really happy? Or is there that little emptiness that you're trying to fill? Like, I know mine, Wicca, that certainly didn't come from happiness. Happiness did not lead me there. That depression Hmm. led me there. Hmm. And lastly, I want to say to viewer, uh, to to listener, um, to your station, just yield the truth yield to the truth the truth is like an iron pole and if you hit it with your hand Mm. that's just going to hurt your hand amen Mm -hmm. amen and that truth is Jesus indeed I love it I love it will you pray us out yeah um, father uh, I just thank you for this day that we um for this successful uh, radio program that you've gotten us through and um, that we've had such a wonderful conversation about you. And Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for Emma and her heart for this ministry. And uh, thank you for all of the people that we are reaching. And I want to pray to you that all the people that I've been able to reach and spoke to that felt like I was speaking to them individually tonight um, will feel that conviction from you, Jesus, that they will be able to surrender their life to you and realize how amazing that's going mm. to change their whole life and their whole world and everything that they know. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mm. Amen. Zenny, that was so rich. Thank you so much for being with us. I just love you so much, Sister in Christ. No, thank you. I love you, too. I can't wait. Well, this is only part one. So, everyone, tune in next time. We're going to have Zenny again and a surprise guest. I I just can't wait. One of the things that Zenny has um, shared with us as she was parting was to let you know, if you don't believe in Christ, that there is such a better option in Jesus than anything you're possibly engaging in. And so if you want to know more, if you want to, you know, uh, just even have someone to talk to, 
um, and you're wondering what this whole gospel thing is about, please contact us. You can email us at contact at kingdomworkforchrist.com. And know this, God is continuing to pursue you, and he loves you. He created you. He wants the best for you. So, hey, the sooner the better. You really will get to enjoy a life that will be unlike anything you've ever, ever expected in your life. The other thing, too, is if you are a believer in Jesus and you're looking for a church home and you're, you're just in that period of time where you're looking and you're trying to really seek God about where he's calling you to um, partake in, in being a church home, know that we have resources that we can recommend. We're not affiliated with anyone. We're not, you know, trying to sell you anything. We will simply point you to their website, to, you know, YouTube video, whatever it is. But we just want you to be fed while you're looking for a home church because it's really important to make sure that we're not in isolation of the truth of God as we're, you know, going through different transitions. So thank you so much for tuning in. I just love that you continue to do so. If this is your first time tuning in with us, thank you. And please tune in next time. We'll continue this conversation. Next time we'll be looking at what happened after this amazing transformation of Zenny Foon's heart. In the meantime, have a wonderful, wonderful night. Bye-bye.